Welcome to Liberty Monks Podcast. James Mundy here with Mike Mundy. How you doing, big brother? I am fired up today. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Our guest tonight is Bruce Goodmanson, and Bruce created and served as president of Thanks American Press, which served to generate training programs for corporations. He then created Fire Up the Soul LLC, a company that produces motivation products such as God is My Guide Compass. His first book, The Official Snipe Hunting Field Guide, was a bestseller. He then authored For Parents Who Give a Damn. His new book is titled 100% Success Without College. I'm very interested to hear about that, Bruce, um, which serves to bring parents and young adults all over the world uh, of career training opportunities outside the college experience. So, Bruce, uh, a warm welcome to Liberty Monks, my friend. Well, thank you, my friend. Yeah, I wrote the book to basically help parents understand that there are irrefutable reasons why they should keep their kids out of college. But just as importantly, it serves as an encyclopedia of career training opportunities that are offered outside the college arena. But I, I begin by basically saying to mom and dad, look, college is of no value, no value to 85% of our nation's workforce. 85%. We somehow have this belief that 85% of our workforce has a college degree. It's actually not true. It's the opposite. 85% do not have a college degree. And they're most often left off to their own devices. They're, they're not helped by a guidance counselor. They're not helped by a parent. All what they're being told is go to college, go to college, go to college. And if you do, you're going to get the American dream. And if you don't, you're going to be a deadbeat. And you're, you're going to be uh, living in poverty for the rest of your life. And so I'm here to dispel that myth. When I say that 85% of our workforce is not, do, do not need a college degree or do not have a college degree, I even take it a step further. Out of 100 students who are accepted into college, 50%, 50 of them are going to drop out. And really? of the 50 who do remain, 30 of them will end up in jobs they would have gotten straight out of high school. And okay. think of it this way. And, and, and I try to help moms and dads think for a moment. But if you think about a trade school program or an apprenticeship program, these are programs like, oh, uh, boiler making, elevator technician, um, shipbuilding, uh, banking, insurance. There's white collar apprenticeships as well. But all of these programs, all let's just think of it this way. If there were 50 trade school programs and 50 apprenticeship programs, every single one of these programs will provide a young man or a young woman a marketable job skill when they graduate. Every single one of them. You can't think of a one that wouldn't provide a skill. On the other hand, let's think of 50 college majors and think, how many of those 50 majors would provide an actual job skill upon graduation? You could probably think of maybe 10. If you really worked at it, maybe 15. So that's the change and that's the situation that's happening out there because I'm telling you, our kids are getting into these programs. They're coming out unskilled. In fact, um, oh, let's see. I think it's 36% of the college students who graduate will have no more skills or no more knowledge than the skills and knowledge they brought with them on campus as freshmen. That's how bad it's gotten, 36%. Well, and a lot of those kids end up with a ton of student debt. 
you know, and oh. depending on, and depending on where, and again, this, the student debt, the, the college inflation has been astronomical. I mean, you can look at the numbers, everyone can go do their own research on this, but it's, it's, it's unbelievable how much student debt these kids come out with. And then they are just starting salaries for a lot of these positions, not all of them, but a lot of them aren't real, aren't real great. So, all right, well, what about the next step of life when you want to get married and have children and stuff? It's delaying a lot of those things that I'm finding. Well, they got their liberal arts degree, so they're good to go, right? Sure. Yeah. Which you can sure. get online very easily. There's a lot of massive right. open online courses that I talk about in the book where you can get a great liberal arts education, but you can get it mostly for free without any college debt. Mm -hmm. Understand right now we have about 44 million college students who have an average debt of about 37,500. That's insane. And the average cost of going to college now has increased by as much as 2,700%, about five times the rate of inflation during the last 50 years. Yeah. So the question I always ask is, if the value or if the uh, college degree has increased by, uh, the cost of the college degree has increased by 2,700%, has the value of the college degree increased by 2,700% or even 100%? Well, I don't think so, because right now, in the last few decades, there has been a 50% decline, decline in the time a student spends in research and study hours. And there's a reason for that, James and Mike. The administrators of college campuses, they're not that dumb. They realize that these parents and these students are forking out a lot of money to come to their, 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 their campus. And so they're doing everything in their power to give the appearance that their son and daughter is succeeding, when in fact, they're really not. They're just being placated. In fact, the, the number one grade given now in college is the letter A. It used to be the letter C, but now it's the letter A, an, an A grade. Hmm. So they're doing everything in their power to make it, I guess what you might call, might call it an animal house experience, where there's a lot of binge drinking, there's a lot of partying, and you have time to do it because you're not really having to spend that much time in research. And then they come out and then they wonder why corporate America doesn't want them. Well, they just yeah. don't have the skills that corporate America right now wants. Uh, in fact, the Harvard Business Review reported that 53% of college graduates did not apply to an entry level job in their field of study because they believed they were unqualified. They wow. realized that they That's didn't telling. have the required skills that were listed in the job description. And <laughs> there was this fascinating survey that was given. I, I just got a hold of it. But it showed that the United States now is home to 115,000 janitors, 16,000 parking lot attendants, 83,000 bartenders, and roughly 35,000 Uber and taxi drivers. And they all have one thing in, call, in common. They all, all have a bachelor's degree. Wow. That's and that's staggering. the sad part of this, because we basically said to these kids, get to college. And when they get there, they're, for the majority, undeclared. They don't know what they want to do on campus. Because think of it this way, uh, James and Mike. The average college 
offers 85 degrees or 85 majors. That's it. Just 85 careers to choose from. Okay. And yet there are over 30,000 occupations to choose from in the United States. 85 versus 30,000. And this is why these kids, they get on campus and they see all these majors to go into, but nothing strikes at their heart. Nothing fulfills their passion. And so they're undeclared for their first two years. And then when it comes to their junior year, they have to make a declaration of a major. They pick one out of the sky. They stay with it for the next two years or or four years, however long it takes them to finalize it. They graduate and then they come out and they just say, what on earth has happened? Well, what has happened after four years or six years is they have lost their faith. They have lost their love for country. They have a mountain of debt and they have no job skills. Yep. And this is why they're getting into all these jobs that they could have gotten straight out of high school. Well, what's her name? Uh, AOC had a, I think a degree from Boston university, mm-hmm. but little did she know all she needed was a bartender in order to be a, a bartender con- congressman. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, you know, Bruce, Mike and I are both in our forties, you know, our, our generation, it was, you go to high school, you get your diploma, you go to college, you apply to all the schools you want to apply to. You try to get into the best possible school that you can. It, it, you know, it doesn't matter where you go or what you study, just get that degree and you'll make more of that, the, of, you know, more money than those who don't attend college. And then they'll show you these stats and these graphs. They'll show you all these things, you know, to try to back up their information. And then, you know, we fast forward. Now we've had these, these lockdowns and we've had, um, you know, all these businesses that were considered to be non-essential, right? But what was essential? We had, we had mechanics, we had plumbers, electricians, healthcare workers. Those people were essential. And most, all those jobs, you don't necessarily have to have a college degree to get into any of those things. Maybe you got to go to trade school to your point, or maybe you have to go to a school that teaches you some of the medical skills, but you don't necessarily have to have a degree to go into some of those fields. So, I can tell you this, that during, during the height of COVID, nobody was calling somebody with a communications degree from whatever university, you know, they were calling a plumber, they were calling a mechanic because they had stuff that was going wrong that they didn't know how to fix themselves. So do you, I mean, from where you sit, do you, do you think that people are aware enough in this day and age to where, do you think there's going to be some type of a paradoxical shift in the mentality of American people regarding education? Well, there already is, James. It's already happening. People are beginning to wake up. They're, they're finding out how poor our public education system is. And let me tell you how poor it is. Right now, compared to students of other nations, our students academically rank 26th internationally. 26th. Wow. Which means that our teachers are also ranked 26th worldwide. China students are ranked number one. And the interesting thing is, is we pay twice as much for our kids' education, K through 12, than what China pays. And on top of that, the, let's see, it was the nation report card that came out and declared that 71%, 71% of our nation's high school graduates are not proficient in reading, writing, math, science and US history. And it doesn't have to be that way, James and Mike. Think of it this way. You've got homeschooling moms 
They're just moms. They are not professional teachers for the most part. They're just ordinary moms. And yet their students, their children who they teach are scoring in the upper 80th percentile in all the major subjects on average, 80th percentile. It's astounding. On the other hand, you've got the public school teacher who has been professionally trained at a university to be a teacher. They know all the pedagogies. They've been trained these things and yet their students are scoring in the mid 50th percentile. So here you have an amateur mom who is succeeding head over heels over the professional teacher. And our, our, um, our governor, uh, Doug Ducey, he knows this. He realizes that these homeschooling moms are doing great. And he knows that our, our teachers are doing poorly. And there's a reason for that because basically our, our, our teachers nowadays do not have a vested interest in our children gaining a command of the fundamental processes of both word and number that they can read well, write well, speak well, and think well, and have a command of, of math. And naturally they, they don't have a command of math because they get into these college experiences. They don't understand debt. And then when they come out with $40,000 worth of debt, they don't know how to handle it. In fact, I have this little story in my book of a, a number of them, but here was this elementary teacher. And she had not in 10 years missed a single payment on his, uh, for in, in each and every month. Not one payment had been missed. And during that 10 years, she had contributed $40,000, $40,000, I say contributed because after that $40,000 she had been paying, she still owed $17,000 more than when she started. $17,000 more than when she started? Correct, because she can only afford the minimum. Uh, and this is what these, these uh, loan departments do. They, they give this little enticement is saying, well, look, you only have to pay this much every month yeah. and you're going to be just fine. And then these kids do it and then they wake up one day and they're owing more than what they originally started out as. I am telling you, the student loan, the student debt uh, and the student loans are the worst you can get as a loan outside of maybe a loan offered by the mafia. You lose seven consumer protection rights, seven of them, when you take out a student loan, one of them is bankruptcy. You cannot ever, ever bankrupt on a student loan. Well, let me back up. If you have an accident that basically makes you impossible for you to work, there may be a chance for, for that to happen. But for the most part, I had a young lady when I was working at a law firm, bankruptcy law firm. She walked in and she was so happy, happy with life because she was gonna bankrupt on her debt. And while I sat her down and we had a nice little discussion, I found out that her $220,000 in debt Ooh. basically gave her a degree, a master's degree in, in the guidance counseling for, for, school, for high school students. Well, you should have seen her accountants just basically drop dead when I explained to her that she can never ever uh, bankrupt on her $220,000 loan. And what made matters worse is we figured out the math and she was going to start at earning at $43,000 a year. 
But in about three months later, she's going to have to be paying $2,300 a month on her student loan. $2,300 a month. She couldn't afford to be a guidance counselor. Nope. And what's worse is that she was basically required to pay that kind of amount just for the privilege of helping our young adults find a career of their, of their love and choosing. That's insanity. No, that is pure insanity. And, you know, we, we see that not only to, I mean, that's a lot of debt. And we, we, we see also, you know, sometimes you'll see people come out of school with sometimes three and $400,000 worth of debt. You know, maybe they became a chiropractor, which is a great profession. The problem is if you have to pay $300,000 to be a chiropractor and you start out making 50 or $60,000 a year, it's the same problem, right? Maybe with different numbers. It's the exact same problem though. Matter of fact, that chiropractor, if he fails to pay on a student loan after about four or five months, they have the power to take away his practicing license. My gosh. That's one of the, 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 the things that happens uh, when you take out these students' loan. I'm telling you, you lose seven consumer protection rights, and that's one of them. If you have a plumbing license, if you have a doctor's license, if you have a juris doctorate to practice law, if you fail on your, if you fail to pay on that student loan, you lose your means of, of, of employment and means of, of uh, income. And that's, that's fe- and that's federal? Oh, that's, it's all across the board. Gotcha. It's all across the board. If you've got a loan, that, that, that entity that owns the loan has that power to do what it wills. Should you, and in fact, if you, if you default on a loan, after three years, you've got a $30,000 loan, it now doubles to 60,000. And when that happens, they're coming at you tooth and nail. I have stories where people have literally had to flee the country because they were, they were like indentured servants. They couldn't afford to live because they owed so much. And this is what parents have to wake up to that there is a better opportunity. There's a lot of opportunities out there. And this is what my my book covers. It basically covers all the opportunities that are out there outside the college arena. So I go into trade schools, blue and white collar apprenticeships. And I say white collar because everybody thinks apprenticeships is all about blue collars, you know, like boiler makers and, and plumbers and electricians. Mm-hmm. No, you've got uh, banking and insurance and social media marketing. There are a lot of these things. And the neat thing about apprenticeships, James and Mike, is that you're getting trained in the school setting. You're going out and, and working on what you've learned in the classroom. At the same time, you're getting paid. There are over 26,000 apprenticeship programs in our nation. And most of them are just hungry for for students to join up because parents will probably realize this when they get a plumber at their home it normally takes about two or three weeks to get them inside and then when they do get inside your house it's a leg leg and an arm for their services because there's just so few of them out there well i don't know i don't know how it is in uh, arizona but here in florida just to get an electrician or an HVAC to even show up as a miracle. And then, yeah, as you said, they, they charge enough for a small car. Um, <laughs> we have, we have a extreme shortage of uh, high skilled tradesmen. 
Yeah, same thing yeah. in same thing in Michigan. Um, there's there's that same problem there. And unless it's like it's pretty much unless you know somebody. So, you know, I've been fortunate because I know people in skilled trades and become friends with them. And thank, I mean, thank goodness for that, because there's been times where we've had to have um, people come to the house with emergency plumbing and electrical work and whatever. And, you know, to your point, you know, it's 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 not easy to find people because that's a, the skilled trades are dying on the vine. Not they, they are. Don't, they don't teach it anymore. They, you know, when I, when I went to school and I don't, know, maybe it was the same way when you did, but that we had shop class and we had all these things. You, you could actually get into some of those things through the school district. I don't know how that lies now. Um, I haven't paid as much attention to it. I have an older daughter that's 18 that doesn't want anything to do with that world. And my son, my, my middle daughter doesn't either. And my, my young, my younger son's a little bit too young to, to, you know, be in that thought process yet. But there were at least some paths within the school district. So I don't know where that lies now, but I just know that there's a huge shortage to Mike's point. Well, there is. Matter of fact, we've got now right now 3.5 million cybersecurity uh, positions that are now open that we can't fill because we don't have enough technicians. 3.5 million. Uh, it's, wow. it's a huge industry. Matter of fact, they have... They have um, they have zero uh, uh, failing to get a job. You, you, if you've got the skills, you've got the job. So I even have in my book about cyber boot camps and entrepreneuring and sales and corporate universities and community colleges. Right now, this is where the training is, the real training is going at, is going on at, is in community colleges. For example, here in Arizona, we have Boeing, uh, Intel, Cisco, and Apple. Mm -hmm. All of these major corporations have gone and made alliances with 10 community colleges here in the state. And when these kids graduate, they're going to have the exact skills that these companies are looking for, and they have an immediate door open for them to get hired. And yep. this is what's happening. I, I dare say within the next 15 to 20 years, there, there's going to be so much learning going on online because universities just can't keep up. And the reason why they can't is they've got these professors who are tenured. And the last thing they want to do is try to learn something more to update their curriculum to be a benefit to their students because for the most part, they're lazy. I say that because they're not even in the classroom. They've got an assistant in there or, right. or uh, grad student. All, all kinds of different kinds of people showing up into the classroom. So I'm saying if you get into this other arena of opportunities, you're gonna make as much, if not more than a college graduate. And I dare say, for the most part, it will always be more. For example, maybe you have a son or a daughter who doesn't want to go on to college, doesn't even want to be going to trade school. She just wants to go to work. Well, James and Mike, if your daughter has a command of the English language that she can read well, write well, and speak well, and she has the work ethic that is so tenacious that she's willing to outwork her own boss. She can succeed amazingly. I spoke to a young man when I brought my BMW into a 
car uh, BMW dealership. And he was a service advisor, but he looked so young. And I says, tell me your story. He said, well, he started off working by washing cars for the BMW dealership. He was just a car washer. Then he was moved up to uh, the tire department and then to another department. And now he's a service advisor earning 68,000 with a high school degree per year. And his associate who's been working there a couple of years longer than he has, he's earning $80,000 with a high school degree. I had dinner with GoDaddy man, a GoDaddy manager, dinner dance event. We just had a great conversation. And I asked him, I says, well, can a young man or a young woman succeed financially in your company with only a high school degree? And he said, absolutely. He says he's got a number of high school graduates who are earning over $100,000 a year in the sales department. Yep. And that's another feature of my book is I talk about sales. So many people kind of cast that off to the sides, but sales is the highest paid profession in the world. Here's an example. Here's a young man, high school dropout. He buys at wholesale a bundle of men's long johns, winter underwear. He takes that bundle up to the Pacific Northwest and sells them to lumberjacks, earns $1,500. He takes that $1,500, moves himself to Washington, D.C., borrows another $1,500. Then he buys himself an A&W Root Bear franchise in the Washington, D.C. arena. Then he buys another. And then he buys another franchise because of his successes. Well, after 20 years, he then buys a hotel and then he buys another hotel. And the name of this underwear salesman, salesman, high school dropout is John Marriott of the Marriott Hotels. I'm kidding. And this is what my book does. It tells the parents, look, these are just average kids, average people. Sometimes they were high school dropouts who just sold underwear, but look at what they were able to gain because they had a good work ethic and they could read well, write well, and speak well. And this is the point of the book is to say, your kids can do it if they have these skills, but they have to have these skills. Yep. Well, it's a, that's an inspiring story. And, you know, uh, there's some companies in Michigan that, um, that I've, I've done advisory work for where people that were started at the front desk, these are not folks that had, college educations and degrees and anything like that they started at the front desk answering phones worked their way to the next position worked their way to the next position and i'm not talking this took 20 years this might have been a four-year program and there's several examples of this to the point where they were then running massive departments in security cybersecurity. because again one when they needed them to learn a skill they'd say hey this is what we're going to do we're going to target your education we're going to help you learn certain skills that are going to allow you to go to the next phase of areas that you have of interest and there's multiple examples within several organizations. Um, but to my knowledge, none of those people have degrees. Now, maybe some of them do now because they needed to get more advanced knowledge and information, but they didn't start out that way, you know, and it was very targeted education. So does that, does that also what your book um, kind of alludes to as well? Like, you know, it's not necessarily that it's bad to get a degree, but why do you have to go get one right away where you don't know what you really want to do? Well, matter of fact, in my book, I have what's called the gap year programs where I yep. insist on mom and dad of saying, basically, let your kids grow up for a year or two. 
Don't throw them right into the experience. And I'll, and I'll give a demonstration. Israel, for example, their sons and daughters, when they graduate from high school, they're required by law to serve in the military for three years for young men and two years for young women. And after their service is over, it's kind of a, a, an unsigned law, but nevertheless, they go and they explore the country and the world for about a year. They grow up, they find things about themselves that they didn't know just sitting at home. After all of these years, they then go into a college experience or to a trade school experience. And guess who's the number two country who has the most companies on the NASDAQ right now, next to the United States? It's Israel. <laughs> no kidding. That little small country of Israel's, <laughs> about the size of New Jersey. And yet they have they have all of these companies on the NASDAQ right now, and it's because these kids grow up. So I say to mom and dad, look, why don't you have your son or daughter go work in, an, in, in a salmon factory up in Alaska or build uh, wilderness trails in the Sierras for a summer or go and help wounded animals in Florida. There's a, uh, a reserve there for kids to go there and volunteer. Or there's a, a, a company that provides exploration vacations where they might be working on an archeological dig or chasing orcas in the Pacific ocean. Or there are so many things. I went, for example, when I got out of high school, I, this is what I wanted for my high school graduation gift was to go on a wilderness survival course for a month. And I'm telling you, boy, did that wake me up. It helped me, I was so into myself beforehand, but afterwards, I realized that there were people around me who needed my love and my services. And these are the things that can help kids grow up. Because you've got to understand right now, our kids, we don't have in our society a rite of passage into adulthood, really. We might give them the car keys and that's about it. Right. But right now we've got our kids that are so relaxed. They, are, they have not been involved in wars. They haven't been involved in, in great depressions. And so now they have so much time on their hands that the majority of our young men by the age of 21 will have played 10,000 hours of video games. That's 3.4 years of their life. And these guys, these young men, matter, matter of fact, I have a section about our, your sons. Um, they have been basically cast off to the side. It happened during the Hillary Clinton heydays where she began to speak forcefully that our young women have been left off to the side and we need to push the guys now aside and uplift the young ladies and get them into sim subjects. And so now they're hurting and they've lost their ability to, to perform as adults in society. They're lost. Well, another positive aspect about avoiding college that they don't get to be indoctrinated for four years into the, uh, I guess, call it Marxism, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that's the sad part of this right now. It's, it's, it's gotten to the point where our kids, they come out and they're so indoctrinated by these professors who are now the thought police yep. that they don't even have the capability of, of defending their position. And they don't because they've been trained. They've been trained to basically say your opinion is hate speech 
and I don't have to tolerate hate speech. Therefore, I'm gonna declare unto you a racist. For example, um, who was it? Senator, oh God, Ted Cruz, Senator Ted Cruz, just about three days ago, he was in, involved in a panel discussing about things in life. And then this at Yale University and this Yale student, this young lady, she stands up. She doesn't ask a question during the question and answer period. She makes a declaration. She called Ted Cruz a racist for asking questions regarding uh, Judge Jackson's writings and Judge Jackson's um, judgments. He asked him serious questions. And for doing that, the only thing this young lady could do was say that he was a racist. Yep. And that's their language now. You're a racist. You're a misogynist. You're, you're, you have transphobia. On and on it goes. But they don't have an argument. No, there's so, no argument. There's just a bunch of labels. All they have this, is conjecture. That's it. And so this is another powerful reason for your for your your for moms and dad to keep their kids out of college. Because for the most part, if they do have a faith, they're probably going to lose it. Right now, about 67%, 63% depends upon the report, are, are stating that those kids of faith have lost it. They've become agnostic or atheist and they're going to lose their love for country they don't know why matter of fact if i was a parent i'd send their kids off to a a, a semester abroad in, in venezuela or if possible to north korea let's see their eyes open up when they get yeah, done okay. with that experience so you're right uh, james they, they the indoctrination is horrendous and there was a report that came out as well that about 80% of students feel like they have to, to self-censor themselves in the classroom. And because they feel like if they say anything contrary, that their grade is in jeopardy. And not only that, when these kids get on the campuses, oh my goodness, it, like I said, it's a binge party. Right now, 49% of stu college students abuse alcohol. And last year, there were 696,000 college students who were assaulted physically by another student who had been drinking. And wow. let's also talk about the pornography that now is rampant in our colleges settings. A young freshman can walk on campus and they're going to see these booths with um, posters writing about um, sexual workshops, how to get laid and still be a gentleman how to form a, a sexual threesome. These are actual titles that are, that are being presented to your kids. And then they get into the classroom at maybe Berkeley or at Yale or at Harvard or a, a number of universities and right in the classroom, they're presenting pornography as a subject matter that is of great importance. Now, if this, they think that the subject matter is gonna teach a young man or a young woman how to have natural affections for one, or another and to have uh, natural yearnings and love, that's just not gonna happen. It's for another purpose. It's to dull their senses. It's to, to basically take them away from that feelings of family unity. It's destructive and that's how Marxism acts. Yes, it does. It first destroys the family, it takes over the kids and then goodbye to your, your, your freedoms. 
Well, the fa- the family has been attacked for decades, you know, Absolutely. and and that's been intentional. Make no mistake about it. You can look in the Marxist playbook, and it talks about how do you conquer a nation? You have to divide its people. You have to attack the family unit. You have to take fathers out of the home. You have to take mothers out of the home. Have your kids raised by strangers, and you know we wonder why we have all these problems right now. It's, it's very, very easy to see once you just look at, well, what's the, what's the play they've been running for the last 60 years or longer. Right. Right. Well, again, this is why I say to mom and dad and to young adults out there, stay away from college. There are so many opportunities that are out there. For example, where do our nation's professional baseball umpires get their training? Maybe you have a son, who eats and drinks and dies for baseball, but he's never gonna be good enough to play the game professionally. But he can still be part of the game as a professional umpire if if he knows the job training exists. And that's the point of my book, 100% Success Without College. It basically says to the young adult and to the mom and to the dad, look, how can you fall in love with a career if you don't know that the career exists. And so I'm saying to them that in in a sense, career training should be a science to them. They should be exploring everything under the sun. I mean, there's a foundation that offers $100,000 to high school students to skip college, not to be a part of it, but to skip it. And I asked the question, what chef school has the nation's best placement program in the country? I mean, it's one thing to be wanting to be a chef and to go to a chef school. Mm -hmm. But if you Mm -hmm. go to the typical chef school, yeah, you're going to be a chef and you're going to have a nice job at maybe Applebee's or Denny's. But you're not going to get into the four or five star restaurants because they have all the, the, the one or two schools that have all the best placement programs uh, get their kids into these restaurants. But then I say to mom and dad and to the young adults, look, think outside of that confinement of being a chef within a restaurant setting. Also think about being a chef for a zoo. Our nation's zoos have animals who have unique dietary demands and zoo chefs make about 72,000 a year. Or they could be a chef on a um, nuclear submarine. And I'm telling you, you get on one of those submarines, you're making some pretty good living. Or you can be a, a private chef, bringing oh, yeah. all your, your skills into a family's home, working in their kitchen. So there's opportunities inside of opportunities. So Bruce, what, do you, what, do you, what is your advice to parents that, um, you know, because this is obviously the mainstream is like what we talked about in the beginning. It's, uh, it's almost like, oh, well, you're not going to college. Well, something must be wrong. I mean, that's literally how it feels, you know, when, um, you know, when you're out there talking to people and you may have that conversation around, you know, cause it's always about where, where's your kid going to go to school? Where's your kid going to go to college? And what do you, what advice do you have for parents to, I guess, have that conversation to where they feel confident that they can stand behind those decisions to actually have their, their child pursue what it is they're dreaming about. Cause isn't that what they've done? Didn't they take the dreams away from kids? Because you said it best. They, they like, I mean, it's become an obedience factory. The way I look at it is you, I mean, that's what I remember from school. I remember it. You just sit down and, and you do what we tell you to do and learn this material just this way. 
And it really, I think, fogs the spirit of children to where they don't have this opportunity to go dream big on what do I really want to do with my life? And that's the point of the book again, James. It's basically open up the minds of these kids to say, let's explore something. Let's, let's go after it. And when I advise the parents, I say to them, if their kids really want to go to college, I say, okay, I have inside the book what's called the Educational Achievement Plan. And let me back up on that. If a young entrepreneur wants to borrow $100,000 to start a new company, well, that, that bank officer, that loan officer, the first thing that loan officer is going to require for that entrepreneur is a detailed business plan. Mm-hmm. Who the lenders, who, who the vendors are, what are the leasing ar- arrangements, who are the principal officers? Everything needs to be detailed to the penny, to uh, how it starts off and how the, the bank is going to get paid back. Okay. But on the and so this this bank has this massive safety net for them, and that's the business plan. But you get to the arena of where a young man or a young woman wants to borrow $100,000 to go to school, to college. Does that same bank, that same loan officer ask for a detailed educational uh, achievement plan? Absolutely not. They care less. They say, here's the money, go forth and have a good time. Yep. This is what I tell parents. If these kids, if their son or daughter really wants to go to college, or even to a trade school, I said, they've got to provide you a detailed educational achievement plan. And I have an outline of that in the book. And it forces them to say, okay, what is my debt going to be? What are the skills am I going to have? Do you realize that after four or six years of college, that your profession that you went into has highly changed because it is changing. It's not like it was 30 or 40 years ago when a new technology Mm -hmm. came out every other month. New technologies now are coming out so speedily that it is estimated that in the next 20 to 30 years, the majority of jobs that your kids and grandkids are going to be involved in have not even been created. They're just going to be coming out. And so when you get into this degree, um, is it up to date? And so this is part of the achievement plan. So you're going to find out your debt. You're going to have to go and speak to five individuals who are in the profession. You're going to have to find out what real skills you're going to be able to offer your employer. All of these things they need to write. And then when they're done writing it, they've got to give what I call the Hulk Hogan oral defense. Now, for those of you, I see you smiling, James. But Hulk Hogan back in the 80s, massive wrestler, huge blonde hair, big mustache. And his claim to fame is he'd get on that arena, that that arena, and he'd he'd just begin to roar and he'd flex his muscles. And then the first thing he would do is rip his shirt off. That was his introduction. And this is the passion your son or your daughter has to give as an oral defense, the Hulk Hogan defense. They got to say, mom and dad, I want to become this because this is why I, I, I want to. And I've studied these things out and you better see it in my eye. And if they, if the mom and dad doesn't get that educational achievement report and they don't get that oral defense report, they don't send their kids anywhere. They just, they give them tough love. 
because I'm telling you, we're paying way too much and getting back way too little in our college experiences. That's a guarantee. Like I said, you think of 50 majors right now and think of how many of them provide an actual job skill upon graduation. You can't do it really. And you can't think of teachers. They're, they're not professionals. I'm telling you, they're destroying our kids and they don't know how to teach. And the evidence is clear. So that's what I would say to parents, tough love, give them tough love. And if they still wanna go and they're not willing to do what you've asked of them, fine, fill out your own FISA, see how far that gets you. Well, folks, Bruce's book is entitled 100% Success Without College. Um, Bruce, I know we're up against our time this evening. Uh, what would you like to leave us with? Well, if you'd like to learn more about the book, 100% Success Without College, you can go to anythingbutcollege.com. Anythingbutcollege.com. It's a beautiful website. It has all the chapter headings. It has wonderful selection of quotes from the book. It has a very funny video in the beginning, but it tells you all about the book and it gives you a ton of reasons of why you should reconsider college. Well, uh, we appreciate that. Thank you, Bruce. Thanks for we, uh, spending some time with us. Again, that website is anythingbutcollege.com. Bruce's book, 100% Success Without College. Um, enlightening stuff. Um, you know, similar conversations that we've had with our own kids um, on my side. And because uh, some of them, uh, one of them in particular is getting ready to embark on the, cal uh, the high school graduation. So um, great advice. And um, we appreciate you being on this evening. All right, my friends. Thank you, James and Mike. I appreciate your time. Thank you, sir. Our, our pleasure. God bless you, sir. Um, God by the bless. way, if your, kids, yep. if your kids have any questions, have them call me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, if you stay on just for a second here, maybe we can exchange some, some information. All right. Wonderful. Uh, well, God bless you, sir. God bless the work that you're doing and appreciate you. Uh, God bless everybody out there uh, tuning in and listening. Um, and as always, God bless America. Have a great evening. Be safe and well.